Magneto Funky, Walkabout, number 50. It's Monday, August 7th, 2023. Hey, welcome, or welcome back. Larry here. This episode takes another look at e-bike all-in-one hub motors, the only type of e-bike gear I'm interested in. Uh, Meanwhile, I continue making my list of foods for bike travel, zeroing in on breakfast items for bike riding. The music features the return of a format from previous podcasts, showcasing indie bands and artists from the West Coast. Okay, that was Hope Dies Last by Tangerine Turpentine, an alternative psychedelic oceanic jam band out of Los Angeles. The bio says, 
ain't nothing but another California acid casualty troubadour that started off with nothing, and I still got most of it left. Peace. Uh, this is apparently a fresh tune with a video uploaded to YouTube three months ago, featuring dancer Lena Gukina. Very nice. Hey, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on mobile energy independence and creative West Coast wanderlust. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mwalk.h. I'm on Instagram at mfunkywalk, on SoundCloud at mfunky, where episodes are up for a limited time. Uh, I still haven't signed up at Threads yet, and despite Z-Dog not letting me post episodes anymore, my page is facebook.com slash larry.winfield.967. Okay, in the itinerary, I'm checking in on a topic I covered last October. All-in-one pedal assist hub motor kits that incorporate a battery within the hub. The only type of e-bike gear I'm really interested in. For going up hills with a gradient of 10% or more, which includes a lot of the Central California coast. Now, I already covered why I feel this is the only practical e-bike gear for multi-day touring with or without a trailer setup, made barely manageable with my current solar power system. The hurdles I discovered were the relative high cost for such specialized gear, the lack of domestic dealers for some of the available self-powered e-bike wheels, sold mainly in Europe, and the many models of self-powered wheels that didn't make it to market or didn't last long. And we're talking just within the last 10 years. Wheels that made a splash have YouTube videos and product websites only to end up in limbo. Aside from the Copenhagen wheel, which is now discontinued, you got the geo-orbital wheel that was featured in Shark Tank. Got investment money, great website, but it's no longer being sold. Another hurdle is the limited use I'd get out of the gear. I would only turn the damn thing on when I hit a 10% grade. Otherwise, it's dead weight on top of the rest of the tour packing gear, affecting my traveling on a level surface, let alone any uphill grade under 10%. Right now, I could only find two all-in-one wheels being sold that I would consider. The iMortar 3.0, and the Switch 1. The iMortar 3.0 is being sold on eBay and AliExpress, but I'd only consider it for pulling my trailer because I'd still need to haul two or three extra batteries for the damn thing. The Switch 1 is sold by eSwitchy, a company in Van Nuys downstate. The system is wireless and normally sells for about 800 bucks, and is the only one I'd consider for biking without the trailer but only because I have a 50-watt solar panel. Now, there is one last gizmo that turned up under the heading self-powered bike wheels that was a surprise. The Super Wheel, a bicycle wheel with a built-in power assistance system using external springs and an internal hub drive and a patented weight-to-energy technology turning the rider's weight into turning power during rotation. 
It claims to do this without a motor and battery, with an efficiency improvement of 30% over a regular bike wheel. Uh, there's a cool video that's only two months old, lots of testimonials and photos of the wheel on many types of bikes. There's a 700 millimeter and a 26 inch model that are both out of stock, but there's a basic Comet model that comes in a 26 by 175 size for 500 pounds or 640 bucks US. The company is based in Ireland. They seem to be doing well, but the site road.cc asked a physics teacher with a PhD about the wheel, and he said you could get a little extra push on the first revolution and maybe pumping uphill, but once the wheel is in motion, especially on a level surface, you won't get any continuous gain and nowhere near 30%. It's still very new tech, so I'd like to see more independent reviews from actual riders and a bit more clarity about the actual working mechanism. As for the e-bike gear and e-bikes on the whole, I think I'm like done with them. I'd probably be better off getting a gas moped or a motorized bike to haul my trailer. Yeah, I think that's worth looking into. Meanwhile, I'll resign myself to the old school tech of hike a bike on the uphills. Okay. Center Stage continues the return of one of my favorite music formats for indie bands and artists in my older podcast, Sundown Lounge, and the first iteration of Magneto Funky. I called it Another West Coast Showcase, featuring bands from Seattle to San Diego, the Rocky Mountains to Waikiki. Uh, many of the bands were curated from Reverb Nation when directory websites were hot in the early 2000s. Oh, and by the way, uh, Sundown Lounge and Magneto Funky can still be found at Internet Archive. As more and more bands have their own websites now, it's much harder to curate. But lately, Reverb Nation seems to be active with newer indie artists putting up free MP3s of their songs. And Bandcamp has a Creative Commons tag to sort through. So I decided to see how it would go. Uh, I focused on the greater L.A. area and the Bay Area, looking for fresh bands or artist profile pages no older than 2018. It's not a long set, but hey, I dug these particular tunes. So, we continue with Wanted Criminal, an alternative punk rock number by Queen Delphine of the L.A. band Tasty Face, an unassuming pink punk force of nature who toured all over the world, and her last Facebook post was in 2019, the same year as the video. One, two, three, four!
is that establishment corporate crap. Okay, next we have Promise by Catherine Park, a biracial Korean and British American recording artist, singer, songwriter, musician, and actor from the Bay Area. She has an upcoming gig, uh, Sunday, October 29th, at the Hotel Utah Saloon in San Francisco. Faster Falling Star by Modern Time Machines, an L.A. alternative shoegaze psych rock band whose haunting bittersweet melodies recall elements of dream pop, new wave, and space rock. A noisy, romantic hurricane for those who like their rock with intricate layers. They reach back to 2007, getting major airplay on K-Rock, but they're still active. Oh, and look for their new EP, Beach Time. Yeah. 
All right. We wrap the set with Titanium, a David Guetta song featuring Sia by Amber Renee Dundee, an alternative artist originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, now in L.A., bringing a mix of jazz, alternative, and folk from all around the world to shape her style. Her cool bohemian vibe and long hippie hair make her unique among other artists as well as her voice.
Okay, in the log, I'm continuing the food quest, uh, this time for breakfast items before going riding, whether it's a short day ride or a multi-day tour. I discovered that my assumption right off the bat of a bacon and eggs breakfast was a bad idea. Such a heavy, high-fat meal would make my body switch focus from my legs to my stomach. The same would apply to a high-fiber bowl of slow-cooked oatmeal or a similarly high-protein plate of steak and eggs. The research suggested a 2-300 to 300 calorie breakfast that will digest quickly, which translates to treating the first meal of the day like another road snacks pit stop. There's one last distinction to make between cooking breakfast at home before heading out or eating on the bike. If, say, I just broke camp and breakfast is what I bought the day before, or I'm making an early morning stop at a gas station quickie mart. Now, top of my list would be coffee. Easy enough if I'm at home, but on the road, it'll either be a hot cuppa from the mart or a bottle of ready-to-drink coffee. I haven't really tried any of those yet, because $3 and up a bottle every day would be a little steep. The backup would be popping a no-dose. Of course, next would be fruit, specifically a couple bananas. Many gas station marts do carry bananas if they have any fruit at all. Another good home-based pick is instant oatmeal or a bowl of sweet low-fiber cereal. Uh, between 2 and 5 grams of fiber per cup, like Frosted Flakes, Apple Jacks, Honey Nut Cheerios, or Cocoa Krispies. My local grocery store has shelf-stable low-fat milk in little half-pint boxes. So, on the road, a couple of them and baggies of cereal won't take up much space. In the etc. category, I'd add Pop-Tarts and even a small orange juice. And that's pretty much it for breakfast choices. I mean, I still like eggs, so I guess a couple hard-boiled could make up a dinner selection for a multi-day trip. And I'm adding an item I left out last time for a bike lunch. DIY Lunchables made out of Ritz crackers, pepperoni slices, and cheese cubes, which keep their shape without refrigeration much better than a solid block. I do like the regular Lunchables, particularly uh, Ham and Swiss, but the crackers are a lot harder to chew than Ritz. Oh, and one more thing. I came across another guideline for road snacking from Cycling Weekly for low to medium intensity rides. For a less than one hour ride, they say no on-bike fuel is needed. Uh, between one and two hours, 20 grams of carbs per hour. Between two and three hours, 30 grams per hour. And if it's a longer than three hour ride, 40 grams of carbs per hour. Hey, this is a big difference from 60 grams per hour for any length ride. So I'm going to have to compare and contrast. It would stretch my daily food budget for sure. So we'll see. Okay, for one more tune, we close out with an epic instrumental post-rock number. Exit Gate by Giants Gone. Uh, four friends shaping sound in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is from the album Chrysalis, recorded before the COVID-19 shutdown and released in September 2020. The guys say these pieces they recorded are in limbo, and to everyone else, they're static, fixed, concrete, 
and unchanging. But when they eventually play live, I bet it'll be something else. Nice.
Well, okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. Show notes and band links are on the pod page, and episodes are now on Amazon Music and Audible. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, subscribe already. Tell your friends it's roughly every two weeks. And... Okay, parting shots. I'm not wasting any breath on the former orange asshole because the corporate media is spending more than enough time giving him blowjobs of free publicity, covering his mendacious moves like it's a crooked match instead of treating him like the lying, secret-stealing, treasonous sex offender he is, who's only running to grift and stay out of jail. The biggest problem with the Citizens United ruling that declared money is speech is how quickly it devolved to politicians' deference to their donors, to the point that money, especially big money, is the only speech they give a damn about, especially in the House and Senate. But it don't stop there. Consider all the noise from the corporate media encouraging a new conflict with China because so many right-wingers are now pro-Russia. Despite all the jingo talk, this country ain't about to start a new cold or hot war with China. And the decision really don't lie with the Pentagon, but with the shareholders of McDonald's, Starbucks, and a half dozen other multinational entities. They got too much damn money working in China right now, and not even an invasion of Taiwan is going to get in the way of next quarter's profits. That is the corporate aristocracy. Oh yeah, full solidarity with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA, striking to keep the big media bosses from stealing the wages of actors and writers by not paying residuals when show episodes are streamed and not broadcast. Not to mention the efforts to replace actors and writers with various flavors of AI in the future. This even goes beyond Hollywood to all professions that have a management labor division, where it's considered that manual labor can be evolved to non-paid high-tech slaves, but management can't be similarly replaced. It's also a lasting remnant of European-slash-American chattel slavery. The absolute contempt that management in all its forms has toward labor in all its forms. And let's face it, manual labor is everybody below the executive suite, which includes middle management, a.k.a. the overseers. Now, it is still possible that this situation may build to a breaking point that results in something we haven't seen in almost 100 years, a general strike against the big bosses that could very well coalesce under the general banner, pick your own goddamn cotton. Show themes, acid trumpet, backed vibes, and spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Bike bell number three by CDRK, found at freesound.org. The next episode will take a quick peek at bike safety, which is an important topic during the summer high vacation slash travel season. I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the Mission, still in San Francisco, 
working to get on the road and off the grid.